When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Hey, everyone. You're listening to Human to Human, the show that connects truths and bridges the gaps between our human experiences, one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and I'm so glad you're here. This episode's guest is beauty mogul Jackie Ina. Jackie and I had an amazing conversation about recognizing your first, doing away with all that overthinking, and her perspective on the work that still needs to be done in the beauty industry. Whew, yeah, you're going to want to call a friend for this one. Before we jump in, I want to give you a few recommendations that were inspired by the conversation you're about to hear. I'll share a song to add to your playlist and a book for you to check out. I'll also share a reflection question based on something that was sparked in this episode. So here goes. This episode's song to put on repeat is Up Down by John Patrick. This week's read is Essentialism. And after you listen, reflect on this question. What is the main thing? I want to keep the main thing. Don't hesitate to leave your response in the comments or at stacyag.com. Now, let's get into the conversation with Jackie, 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 Jackie. This is actually one of my favorite girls because she is, she's just so fun and you're sweet and you're kind and you're so mother freaking funny. That's why I, I always text you. I say, I can't wait to get together and laugh. That's what I say. Cause I'm like, I just think that you're so fun. And I love, I like people who make me laugh. I'm like, I got good teeth. I need to show them off. Like <laughs> period. Right. <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> I ain't using this arm and hammer for nothing. Sweetie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> for no reason. Okay. There's no fluoride toothpaste. We're trying to get that cute. So, you know, I just wanted to tell you that because I'm like, girl, like that's one of my favorite things about you. Thank you so much. That's actually really sweet. You know, what's actually funny. I don't remember the first time we met. But I just remember, like, the, there's very few people in my life that, like, I have, and you're one of them. And I remember meeting them, and I'm like, I'm going to be friends with her. And I don't know what that feeling was, but mm-hmm. it was very much so, like, intentional. Like, I really want to get to know her. I feel like we would vibe a lot. Yes. And it's, it's, it's weird. I had that with you. And I don't know if you've ever met Yvonne Orji, but, like, I had the exact same experience with Yvonne. I was like, right, I'm going right. to be friends with Yvonne. I don't know why, but, like, I just see it. And I love Yvonne. It's We're all, like, she's our mutual friend, so that's perfect yeah exactly we love her shout out to Yvonne I actually don't remember when we met either um I I know what like I really don't I remember maybe it was probably a mutual circle moment honestly I'm like was it yeah it was probably a mutual circle moment mixed with something Nigerian fashion beauty there's a lot of different ways we could cross yeah yeah. it had to have been that but anyway we here (laughs) we are here and you we were just before we started uh recording we were just talking about overthinking which I was telling you that I'm trying to stop doing and you yes. said something fabulous that I'd like you to share with the audience. Wait, what did I say? You were about to say, I oh, think that's a woman thing. It is a woman thing because like guys are just taught to just like go for things. Even if you fail, you won't look stupid. You look like a cool guy. Like, oh, well, you right. tried it, you attempted. It's like not the, the standards for like putting yourself out there. Men versus women are not the same. And I feel like instinctively we're just like hardwired to like, no, think it through. You have to prove yourself. You have to have all of your eggs, in the, you know, all of your ducks in a row. Right. And to be honest with you, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's also smart just to make sure that all your bases are covered, mm-hmm. but make sure it's not to your own detriment when it comes to accomplishing goals, when it comes to a career change, when it comes to 
dating. You know what I mean? Like just stop overthinking oh. it. I've never, I've honestly never had a groundbreaking moment from overthinking something. Usually the first thing I think of is like, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. Now you're going to unpack all the reasons of why you're not doing it. Right. It's always like the, the, the first initial gut feeling that you have before you unpack it. Think about why you thought about that mm-hmm. and go from there because all this like, oh my God, like I, I remember I used to do this in relationships so much and it was just so bad. Like, what does it mean when a guy says this? What if he looks at you? Girl, like, honestly, girl, honestly, it's not girl. that deep. Like, it's, it's not crazy. that deep. It's so crazy. I know. The, the language and the way that men and women speak are so, it's so different anyway that, you know, I feel like they overthink in their own way. I still don't know what that is, but in our way, I know that you're like, girl, I don't. <laughs> I think a little bit more, like just a little bit right. more. <laughs> I honestly like that's something like even and I feel like that's in all type of relationships and friendships and relationships with you know your siblings your teachers your friends whatever that is like there's so many ways because communication that's all goes back to communication and figuring out just because you said something doesn't mean you meant it like this just because I said something you know that's a skill I feel like yeah it's true something at least to work on I'm guilty though I still overthink things but you know I've I've tried to teach myself how to unlearn that being like my first instinctive thing to do because it really like overthinking will literally kill you like it will literally just have you stuck and you know not progressing you said that i love that you said that because actually one of my questions was going to be what's something you recently unlearned about yourself so i don't know if it is overthinking but if it is what Uh was that process like and if it was something else what what is something that you just recently was like this is not the jackie that i am it's the jackie that i thought Mm -hmm. i was Something that I unlearned about myself. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say it was a recent thing, but yeah, I could probably point to overthinking and overanalyzing things being one of them because I, especially when it comes to relationships, mm-hmm. I would just literally sit there and piecemeal like every single <laughs> text message. It was just like, relax. That's something that I've had to, learn how to do so I'm I don't know if you know this but I'm a divorcee and I was married Mm -hmm. and so a big part of my 20s because I'm now 32 Mm -hmm. but a big part of my post-divorce dating life was leave me alone I don't want to date anyone I just need to figure out why am I like this why why was I even vulnerable enough to to be not to throw anybody under the bus but I but I, I I wanted to learn why was I vulnerable enough and even like kind of stupid enough to have even put myself in a marriage like that. You know what I mean? So that was no, what where not, I, I feel you. I feel, I, I love that self analysis. Yes. yes. It was just like, girl, what were you going through? <laughs> like, were you that like pressed to be with someone? Like what's going on? You know what I mean? And there's things that I did. There's things that my ex did. And I just had to learn, like, how do I prevent that? From, I, I was literally traumatized. I was like, whatever that was, I don't ever want did you have a lot of outside opinions about it family friends there was a lot going on at the time it was just like it i'll i'll put it this way i was filling a void that's what i was doing i was filling a void Mm -hmm. so i wanted to figure out what what was that void you know what i mean and what 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 was going on with me that i felt like i needed to seek refuge in that you know what i mean so um yeah my 20s was whew, oh my god my 20s 20s were te- 20s were terrible for me you didn't have any money 
Oh okay. my God, I hate Tell, okay, okay, so I'm 29. I'm 29. I'm heading out. Oh, so, like, give, oh me give me the D. Give me the D. Yeah. Wait, so does that wait? So that means you're turning 30 this year. Yes, girl. Yes. Well, damn, girl. October. Okay. I don't think my 20s were horrible, but <laughs> definitely better than like high school. Yeah. But it was just like, what's going on? <laughs> like, I didn't have any money. I couldn't, I, like, no career direction. I was still learning the things that I was passionate about. I was still finding my calling. Of course. Like, I just wasn't, I wasn't assertive and I wasn't as sure as myself as I am now. Of course. That's of what course. my 20s were like. So Honestly, I feel like... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Were you going to ask me? I was going to say, what's crazy is I think that you telling us that your 20s was all over the place is so different than what we read and feel like our 20s is supposed to be. Like, I feel like my 20s have been all over the place. But I had no idea. I was like, wait, I thought it was supposed to be perfect. That's like the biggest lie. And so it's no. crazy because you're like, y'all, it was all over the place. I'm like, oh, like mine has been. <laughs> like it usually is because it's 20s. Yeah. <laughs> like Your 20s are about self-discovery you know because it's like you're not a teen anymore yeah. but you're not quite that established either you know like i i there are some people in their 20s that are you have not even been able to still like live out on their own yet mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that but you're still discovering a lot about yourself and for me it was just kind of like can i just get out of here please like i just don't <laughs> And it's funny because, because of what I do, I don't know if you experience this also with what you do with like the right. hosting and right. being, we're both in the industry. Right. I don't know if you experience this, but like as a 32 year old, like you're kind of like a little old now. And like, sometimes people will make little like jabs at me, you know, like a little, little, like, oh, you're pushing 40. And it's like, I mean, who is saying you, that? Are they for real? Oh, that's like the for honestly, anytime a troll comments on my post, the first thing they'll do is they'll point out the fact that I'm in my thirties and I'm like, y'all think that this is an insult? I would never, you could never pay me to go back to being in my, like, you could not pay me. You could not pay me. Cause let me say something. If you were that happy and fulfilled, you wouldn't be on my page right now. You wouldn't be saying this. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Oh, my gosh. But honestly, I feel like by the time, I, I'm not even kidding, by the time I turned 28, I was, already, I was already telling people I was 30. I was like, I'm over this. I'm just ready to go. I'm not even joking. Like, I'm really <laughs> shocked because like, there's so much of this we just forget to talk about. Like, I really feel like people, I don't know. I don't know if it's the social media or just what we tell ourselves. Because you leave school, whether you went to college or not, you leave that age group and you're like, all right, I'm about to go into life. And you forget that like, you don't know nothing. <laughs> you don't you know don't. nothing. You don't. I thought I was so confident at like 21, 22. I thought I knew everything. I thought I had it all figured out. And I look back and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Was that? <laughs> what was that? Like, but you know, there's, there's something to enjoy about that. Like, it's not yeah. like I was just in the pits of hell, but like, no, honestly, I feel like my thirties, I say things with intention. 
I feel like I can like confidently like def- pull up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's so many things that I've been through in work scenarios, relationships where it's like, I didn't even defend myself. Why did I not defend myself? Because I didn't have that confidence back then. I didn't have the, the wisdom that I have now. Mm-hmm. 10 years can make a world of difference. Like the 22 year old I was versus who I am now, night and day, night and and oh my gosh, yeah. I really, I really love that you said that because I'm genuinely like in that space of being like, okay with the fact that 20s wasn't what I thought it was going to be. There was a lot of great stuff and there was a lot of more, more crap than I planned. I was like, hold up, what's with all the discomfort and the, un- or, and like, just like you said, like the lack of confidence in times I didn't even expect it. Like all of that is just real to saying, okay, actually it does get better. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. 100%. Either you will become more like what you are now and you'll perfect it or you'll go downhill, which you're not going to, you're not going to experience that. But some people, you know, they don't really yeah. ever, some people take a little bit longer to like get it. Right. Right. I feel like I had the exact opposite. I feel like I became more of who God intended me to be mm. once I started getting like 27, 28 into my thirties. That's when I was just like, okay. And I, I still that. wasn't making a ton of money. I still wasn't making a ton of, a ton of money in my late 20s going into 30. But I was doing okay. I just genuinely felt like, wow, like, I don't linger about who likes me or who doesn't like me. Like, that stuff just doesn't, it doesn't phase you as much anymore. Right. It's still, you don't just become so immune, but like, it just, it just, 30 just hits different, girl. Like, it just hits different. It just hits different. Really, so how do you deal with, how do you deal with disappointment now than you used to do it before? Because I think that's one thing, like we're all experiencing it in our own way, insecurities, mm-hmm. disappointments, just different things like that, regular human, human emotions. So disappointment is one that I'm always like learning to navigate. How do you do it now versus like 22? I mean, I ultimately think it depends on the context. So is it like a family member disappointed you? Is it like a mm-hmm. partner disappointed? of you someone at work disappointed you mm-hmm. I think it depends on the scenario mm-hmm. but I just find myself saying a lot like okay it happened what can you do now mm-hmm. like then what like right <laughs> okay and we're going <laughs> then what are you gonna, I mean like it happened so what are you now going to do don't right. babble on the should have or what if, or this was, this was supposed to be, no, it didn't. So now what? Like I said it, it was not a great thing to say, yeah. but like, I'm going to apologize for now or whatever, or, you know, um, a guy didn't call you. Okay. So you still, you and still then what? Right, right, no, right. Yeah. right. Yeah, like, like, okay, girl, like life goes on. And like, I feel like also like telling myself, like, you're not the only person experiencing this. Mm-hmm. So not life-threatening it's not like, like why, does it, why does it take us so long to, for, to remember that like this is not going to kill me I know I know why as humans but like why <laughs> you know what because I feel like when you're in your 20s you're experiencing things for the first a lot of firsts mm-hmm. so you're experiencing like for some people like first jobs first careers post-college you know what I mean mm-hmm. um first divorce I never got divorced till I got divorced. You know what I mean? So you're experiencing a lot of firsts and you're learning how to like navigate around them. Like I remember reading a tweet one day and I was like, 
oh my God, this makes so much sense. Someone was basically like criticizing um, parents who are too harsh on their young children. And they were basically explaining like when your kid, like for example, your toddler kid, when they're flipping out because, you know, you wouldn't let them wear a pair of, their favorite pair of shoes, their reactions to things are so extreme because they, they don't have anything else to compare to. They're experiencing that for the first time. And I was just like, that actually makes so much sense. Yeah. That actually makes sense. So when you see like a little kid being dramatic, it's like, well, what else do they have to compare? That's the most dramatic thing they've ever experienced. They're right, like, right, right. Probably two. Like, give them some credit. You that's know what I mean? So in your head, you're like, girl, that ain't nothing. But it's right. like, that's something. So I feel like in our 20s, we're kind of experiencing those same first. Um, and you just, it just seems like this is going to be so life-threatening and detrimental. And then 10 years later, you're like, what was <laughs> Was I really that pressed? Like, really? So, I think I love every time you say it like that, because you're like, no, but, and I'm like, and I can't help you finish the sentence. I can't even help you because I'm like, I don't, you're right. I don't, I don't know. I thought, I did think that it was that serious. Right. And then it's not. So here we are. I know. That's really hilarious. What, um, so you mentioned that you didn't feel like you had a lot of career direction, which surprises me because you've been in this game for 11 years, 11 years, right? Yeah. And I'm like, and obviously when you started, you weren't like, okay, I know exactly where it's going. But the fact that you've seen so much of the beauty industry, seen so much of yourself within the beauty industry for 11 years, like what has that journey been like? Is there something you are, are excited that we're done with? Or is there something yeah. that you're like, I really miss this. Like I miss that we used to do this or this was dope in 2016, but it's not anymore. It's like, that's a crazy journey of you genuinely figuring out what your career direction is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I tell you I had like no guidance as it relates to social media in general, mm -hmm. I had a lot of people that I could look to as like mentors just for like words of encouragement. But well, first of all, 10 years ago, I was not looking to make social media a career. I didn't, I didn't know that there would be longevity in it. I didn't realize, you know, like I didn't have like the forethought to be like, I need to like get into this now because this is going to take off. Right, My mind right. was not at all right. in that space whatsoever. So a lot of things I had to experience first on my own and I had to like try them and fail, try them and fail, try them and fail. Does this work? No. Does this work? Actually that worked. I'll keep doing that. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we are getting better at having like conversations about things like colorism, about things like racism, specifically in the beauty space with, as it relates to social media, because as you know, my channel is about beauty. So it's very mm -hmm. visual. Mm -hmm. So I think that's gotten better. I think that one thing that still needs to change is a lot of tokenism that happens online. So, and I, I actually briefly talked about this yesterday on my Twitter, basically, you know, like just this idea that like, whenever someone wants to include a black influencer, it's like, oh, well, Jack Hannon was booked. So we just, we're not going to book a black person. Oh, but it's like, oh my God. it's not. And you know what? It's funny because like, I have this conversation with my friend, Alyssa Ashley, another YouTuber. And she was, I was basically saying like, why is it that literally, I cannot think of another race at all that has those same types of conversations. Like no one ever says, that's my favorite white influencer. Right. Like no yeah. one ever says stuff like that. 
or even like when it comes to like Asian um, influencers in the beauty space. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about other genres. I'm just talking about beauty. Mm-hmm. No one ever says like, I only watch, you know, this is my favorite Asian influencer. Right, but for right. some reason, even, even, and I brought up the example of the music industry, even when it comes to like the Rihanna's and like the Beyonce's, it's like, if someone is not Beyonce or Rihanna, it's like, no one cares. And it's like, but why are, why can't you like more than two, two black like people? Three people. Yeah. Yeah. People and people do the same thing with me on YouTube. It's like if they're not Jackie Ina, then they're not interested. But it's like, but you can like more than one black person at the same time. It's okay. Seriously. And it's just like it's never um I this is just the types of conversations that I don't see other races have like having to have. They never it's like we always have to like have one spot. And if someone messes up, if I mess up, they'll be like, oh, Jackie Ina is canceled. I'm going to go watch Nima now. Nima Tang. I'm going to go stand Alyssa Ashley, Jackie Ina. Yes. It's like, I know uh, it's a surprise, but I'm just like, wow, people really still do this. Why would you put not only another person in a box? Absolutely. And it's like, if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Like, but like, why aren't you watching them anyway? Like, you should have right. been supporting them content anyway. Like, you don't have to like cancel me and then it's like no one ever does that when it comes to like white influencers. So that is one definitely one thing that like. I kind of wish it would stop. And like, I, I, I even see like black people doing that. It's like, it's so like deep and like indoctrinated in our brains that like we can only for some reason, like only make room for one. It's always like, we can even bring up like the whole, <laughs> I'm not trying to like go off track or anything like that, but no, you know, girl, like let's go there. Like the Nikki and Doja collab. And then, you know, and the Megan and, and Megan. And yes. It was like, why does it have to be a versus thing? Like, why can't you just support all of them? Like, it was just this all of them just like, made music right now. But they, they don't. They don't do that when it comes to like. I don't know why they don't do that when it comes to like other artists, other creatives that aren't black. It's always like there has to just be one spot here. Y'all battle it out, and it's it's weird to me. But yeah, so, so that's one thing who like isn't quiet about this thought. Like I I've, I've heard not only as your friend but I've seen you talk about this. So when you mm-hmm. talk to brands about it, what do they say? Like when you confront brands and you're like, "Hey, y'all want to tell me why there's one black person on the campaign or hey, whatever you say to them in your truth, how do they respond?" I mean, for the most part, well, first of all, I don't talk to a lot of brands directly anymore. Mm-hmm. I have a whole team that shields me from that. Because sometimes they take it very personal when it comes directly from me. And we never want to put me in a position where it's like, I'm the bad guy because I said it directly to the brand. I can say it in a video, but that kind of like shields me in a way. But one, I don't have a lot of direct communication with the brand directly. Two, if I do think that a brand is slacking in representation, it's probably not a brand that I'm going to work with anyway. So I wouldn't even have, I I wouldn't even have to have that conversation. I only try to align myself with brands that are already actively you know, representing me fairly and in my opinion, equally the way that I see fit. Three, um, the types of conversations that I do try to have, and this would be funneled usually through my team is like maybe a brand made a misstep through PR or through a previous launch that didn't represent black women as fairly as I would have viewed. And they come to me and then it's like, oh, we want to work with Jackie now. Mm -hmm. If it seems like 
this is a tempting opportunity, but I'm going to kind of make them work for it. Like, for example, I may be like, okay, you want to work with me? You have to hire three other black influencers. I get to choose them and you have to pay them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Kind of like that. And I've done that before. And I'm like, if you don't, then I, they come with me. So if you don't want to work with me, then, but it takes time to be able to like, like I'm trying to be on my, like, like I'm trying to kind of be on like my Michelle Obama, my Beyonce. I don't have that much influence yet, but I do with a little bit of, a little bit of clout I have. Like I do actively try. Like if I feel like, are you just coming to me now to be like your little cleanup girl? Cause you messed up in the past. Well, if you want to do that, then we might as well, this might as well be an even exchange. So I want to benefit from, I want other people who look like me to benefit from this too. So since you want to work with me so bad, then here's what you're going to have to do to get that. Girl, and this is so good. I love that. I mean, being able to like, literally like the definition of an influencer is using your influence. So to me, it's like nothing to be like, oh, well, you want to work with me? Okay, cool. Like work with them too. I don't even, and these are people that I don't even manage. So I gain literally nothing from this. Like right. I gain no, not, literally nothing. I don't get a percentage of what they make. Absolutely nothing. It's just me saying, you don't, don't just seek after working with me. Like, you know, diversify, just mm -hmm. put a little bit more effort into it. And why can't more than one black person be a part of this campaign? I don't see why not. Right. Like it's not taking anything from me. And I love that. See, and that's exactly. the thing about knowing who you are knowing what your influence is and actually being confident in that because i feel like a lot of people might feel like they want to put somebody on they want to put themselves on but they're scared have you ever like worried about being like the angry black woman or the woman who always has too many demands or any of that stuff that you know like you said some back to our overthinking conversation sometimes as a woman we do do you worry about that or you're like nah i'm over it no, at some point I did. I mean, that was like literally the first like half over over half a decade of my career. Mm. I couldn't always say the things that I wanted to say. I could not always like confidently be like, well, I want this. I want that. Because honestly, like as a black woman in this industry, it takes levels to get to that. Like, I'm sorry, but like you kind of have to like have a little bit more leverage and leeway. And mm -hmm. in my opinion, it actually helped me to kind of do it like like i said in levels so in the beginning it's like there were no demands because i didn't have any like no one was checking for me like that and then when i started to grow my platform a little bit more and i started getting a couple more opportunities it was like i'm just grateful to have the opportunity i may not necessarily have the voice um and the like influence that i wish i did but I'm still at that stage where I'm replaceable. So I can't ruffle too many feathers. Mm -hmm. Then I got to the point where it was like, I know why you want to work with me. I know you're going to pay <laughs> what right? it takes. You're seeking after me, my audience, my influence. Mm -hmm. So here's what I want to benefit from it too. And if I don't like something, then I'm just going to, I'm just going to communicate that with my team. They will relay that and then they'll go from there. But Honestly, like people think this influencer stuff is just going on Twitter and saying it. You can't, you cannot always do that. It's the same thing in the corporate world. It's the same thing in, um, in media and entertainment. You can do those things. Right. You may not, you may not like the outcome though. Right. You may not get very far. And I, that's not to say I'm discouraging anyone from doing it. I think everybody should do what they feel compelled to do but what i'm saying is don't be shocked when people start being like oh well 
you know, as, as, as soon as you start getting like put in that box, it is extremely difficult to get out of it. So do what you can do what you want to do. But what I'm saying is just don't be shocked if people stop checking for you because it will happen. And so for, for years, like I had to kind of like in a, in a much milder way, like people would literally be like, Oh, we don't want to work with her because like, she talks about color too much. You know what I mean? Like I would, it was like, they would they would say it without saying it. Like you would take meetings with someone and they'd be like, Oh, we want to like work with you. We're super happy to like, you know, we want to like, um, take a meeting with you. They take a meeting with me. And it's like, as soon as they start hearing certain things, it's like, you would hear nothing back from them. No follow-up, no callback. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, Mm -hmm. it's very obvious. And it's like, at that point, at that point, I was like, well, I'm not going to change what I'm doing just to like please people. But am I going to do it maybe in a different way? Sure. Maybe I'll deliver it a little bit differently. Maybe I will, um, you know, maybe I won't be as direct in my videos. Maybe I could be a little bit more metaphorical. You know what I mean? So like a couple years ago, I did a video and it was basically like mocking, I don't see color. So the, the whole phrase when people say, I don't see color, I'm colorblind. So the entire makeup tutorial was in black and white. So it's like, obviously you can't see like the eyeshadow color that I'm wearing. You can't see that my foundation, you can't see that my foundation is mismatched because if you're colorblind, then you can't see anything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't doesn't matter so much. So then at the end of the video, I put it back in color and I looked like literally a hot mess because everything that I put on my face was mismatched and you can't see it until it's not in black and white. And so my whole point was this colorblind stuff is BS. I didn't say it outright, but right. it was like that. Was got it. You just have to get a little bit more creative, I think, with how you put that messaging out there and how you confront things. So, you know, um, and, and just know that sometimes it will hurt those opportunities for you. It does. I've had that happen literally all the time. Like I was not making mm-hmm. money well over half a decade on YouTube, but that's not what I was there for. I was there because I enjoyed it and yeah. I just like building with my, my audience. How did you, you know? how did you like stay you know i know you you weren't there for the money but you were putting in a lot of time your videos are on point everything was on point so if you're like okay i'm not getting the money i think i deserve or my worth isn't necessarily yeah. that, or some people not even see me like how did you stay or even why did so you stay? okay so basically this is like one of my favorite stories to tell about how i like how do i how can i put this I like unbroke my channel. So a lot of people who have been on YouTube as long as I have, the algorithm hates them. It's like their videos don't get the reach. They, you know, like their, their channels just don't really hit the way that they used to when they first were on YouTube. Right. So my channel for a long time was one of those. Like I was just kind of doing content. I was just kind of uploading just for the sake of uploading. Cause I had like a pretty decently big following. And then I remember one day I had an old roommate and I'm not, I'm not friends with her anymore, but <laughs> we had a conversation one day that literally changed my life. Okay. So oh, wow. I remember I was venting to her and I was basically saying like all these other girls who are on YouTube, they're not even that great at makeup. Like they'd be having like 500,000 followers. Like they'd be having like big followers and stuff. They'd be getting all these opportunities. Like I'm just as talented, if not more talented than them. Why am I not? Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I get in the same opportunities. And then she basically was like, well, they're talented at something. They have more followers than you. And I was like, oh, 
<laughs> I was like, oh my God, <laughs> girl, you, 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 you might be right though. Okay. And so she was, I mean, like the whole talented thing, like, I mean, building an audience is a talent. Being likable is a talent. Mm. That's okay. They're, they're, just because they're not that good at makeup, people obviously like something mm -hmm. that is their talent. And I don't know what it was, but I just was like, oh my God, it was like a light bulb moment. So I started like looking through all of my videos and I was like, you know what? One thing that I realized is I don't even watch my own videos. I literally edit them, upload them, put them on YouTube, let them live. I don't even come back and like enjoy them. I don't even consume my own content. Why wow. can I not even, even, even when I would edit a video, I didn't even have the patience to sit there and review the whole entire video. Like I just didn't, I couldn't be bothered. I was like, I don't wow, feel like. Wow, that's so good. That's so it was point. Like, so if you don't want to sit through your own content, what makes you think your, your audience wants to sit through your content, boo? So I literally was I'm like sure. going through every, like all of my recent videos. And I was like, these, these are kind of boring. Like these are not that enjoyable. So then I was like, so, okay, so why aren't there, why aren't they as enjoyable as they should be? It's because I'm really in real life, like I'm a weirdo, but I don't show that on my channel. So it's like, why don't you do all the little goofy stuff and say right. all the little silly things that you say in real life? Why don't you ever do that on YouTube? And so this is like me having a staff meeting in my head. I'm just Seriously. like, wow, like, you just need to like, why loosen up like yeah. crack jokes like yeah. it's okay to be silly and goofy and so i was like actually you know what like you right like this is me and my staff meeting in my head <laughs> i was like yeah you're right you, you may be making points all right all right all right so then <laughs> right jackie. good jackie let's get this <laughs> yeah i know write that down jane write that down so then i was like okay wait i want to close my window because this little the sunlight hold on oh no no worries my blinds it's like putting these weird lines on my face okay is that better yeah mm -hmm. much better okay so basically, like, I just started looking through my old content, analyzing everything, what I liked, what I didn't like. It was mostly things I didn't like, because my videos suck, they're boring, let's switch it up. So then I was like, okay, and I remember this being like in the spring of like 2013, no, 2014, I think it was. So then I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to do something different. It was like around um, December that year, I don't know if it was, I want to say it was 2014. But it was 2014 and I was like, ooh, I should do a video just talking shit about like all these crazy makeup trends. I was like, yes, I'm gonna do a parody video. Cause my friend, her name is EJ Speaks. She had done a video that was like, oh, things, trends we need to ditch in 2015. Basically like roasting all the stuff that had happened that year. I'm just like, okay. So I was like, actually I should do that for makeup. So then I just like, did this i filmed this video and it was literally just a big me talking so just roasting people's crazy eyelashes people mismatching their foundation concealer being way too light it was just a, a pair basically a parody video of me trashing right. trashing all these makeup trends right i uploaded that video my followers had right. never they have never seen me behave in this manner oh my that goodness. video went when I tell you viral, like I had never had a viral video before. So I uploaded it and I'm just like uploading it the same way I always do. I just right. edit the video, I put it up. I don't expect anything. When I tell you, I was like, wait, this video is what y'all like? 
Right. This video, the most random shit, like when I tell you I was talking a truckload of shit, I was just like going in. I was like, if I had known this is what y'all wanted, I would have just gave you this a long time ago. Right. So I was like, wow, the power of just being yourself, like the literal power of just being yourself and just like putting your guard down. I was like, I get it now. It not, that was the year that it really clicked for me. And so after that, I gained a bunch of subscribers. I was getting like press. I have never got press in my entire life. I was getting like all these, they were people were writing articles about this video. I was like, oh this my is gosh. But it was still like, there was still so much I had learned just from that moment. Because I don't know if you've ever seen this, but like, you know, sometimes people have a one-off viral moment and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden never hear from them again. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't just want that. I want to figure out how... I was, it was, it was like dopamine. It was like, I need to replicate this. So how do I replicate this? And you know, I'm Nigerian. So first of all, I live for the attention of entertaining people. So I'm just like, what's the next way I can make people like, I like right, this. Make them laugh. How can I do this again? Yeah. So I just find, I just, I just continue to find ways to incorporate that. I, I didn't want to do that video over and over again. I wanted to replicate how people felt when they watched it. So mm-hmm. I had to figure out how can I replicate how people feel and how people respond to the content like this in every single video. And it still took me a couple years to figure out how to do that. But it was that one moment where I sat down, figured out my video sucked, figured out how to change it. I got the reward that I wanted. And then I had to figure out how to replicate that reward. It's a, ever evolving and learning process because social media is always changing the algorithm does right. you know the algorithm is not loyal right. so girl me. very very much so like very much so and i think it's even when you said like for those who've been doing it for a long time the algorithm when it was tripping for you for a little bit you really had to reanalyze and to sit down with yourself and say okay this isn't working this isn't that good and i'm not going to watch it first of all it takes guts and it takes a stripping of the ego so I just had to say that because I think that's a really dope moment of even you knowing this is what changed for me because I told myself the truth. Well, I had nothing to lose because it was like, yeah. nobody, nobody's watching me. No one cares. Right. Like right. I, I literally had nothing to lose. So right. it's like if this video flops or, and well, I didn't, I didn't even have expectations for the video. It was just like, if my videos continue to flop or continue to do what they're doing now, I have nothing to lose. That's what right. they're, they already kind of are flopping anyway. So it was like <laughs> just just, just be, just switch it up. Be funny. Just try be something, funny. right? Just try right. something different. I had literally nothing to lose, so that's what I did. That's so good. So what? Because you mentioned being Nigerian. That's like that's our thing. We're both Nigerian women, and we're both women in the industry. We're both women in LA. We're both like. There's so many things that you know we've learned in our experiences and our journeys and how to navigate that. And even now, like, like I said, just choosing to be, or like you said, choosing to be vulnerable and letting your guard yeah. down is actually what is what got people to be like, oh my gosh, she's relatable. She's this, she's that. So how did you like, how do you branch between American beauty standards, black American beauty standards and Nigerian beauty standards? Do you ever feel like you got to give one up for the other? Or do you feel like it's, you know, what's that balance for for you? I mean, there's a lot of crossover, like as it relates to like colorism, it's it's Mm -hmm. an issue that exists in both communities. Mm -hmm. So um, as, as it relates to beauty standards, um, I don't really feel like I have to make like sacrifices to, for one or the other. I just make sure that I'm always true to myself no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to have a lot of conversations about things like skin bleaching 
where um, some, I've, I've actually, I thought about this the other day, maybe it's just a me thing, but in my experience, this, the conversation of skin bleaching, and my, this is just my experience, and maybe it's an isolated experience, I never grew up hearing that from other African-American women. It was more of an African woman thing. Like, I never heard Black Americans saying, like, oh, I'm about to go get this bleach. It was never really, like, a thing like that, even in the midst of experiencing colorism. Whereas when you're Nigerian, it's like, I'm picked on for being dark-skinned, so the, res- the, the outcome of that is I'm going to consider bleaching my skin. I never saw it, like, I never, my, my mom never mentioned bleach not once. My mom is African-American. So it was like, she never not, it was like, it wasn't even in our conversations. I don't know, but that could just be like something that I experienced. Maybe other um, African-American women who watch this can say, I disagree I all the time. I don't know. But um, so I've, I've definitely noticed the differences there. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you think there are any, any differences as far as like beauty standards or like, like, I don't know. I can't think of anything directly off the top of my head. Uh, I mean, I think it's just about how you carry yourself within those standards or within um, some of the parts that, like you said, it crosses over. We're Ni- you're Nigerian, you're Black American, you're also American, right? Like those are all happening. But for me, my experience has been making sure that I stood proud as a Nigerian woman and didn't feel like I had to leave that part out. That was my journey. So just making sure that I knew, like, I can say I'm a Nigerian American and feel proud of that and not feel like, oh, I have to be lean more one side, especially like I have Nigerian blood running through my veins, but I was raised in America. That was a challenge for me to make sure that I'm like, you, you're both, you're all of it, you know, and. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. So in any, in any industry, sometimes you do skew towards like, let me give them what they need, let me give them what they need, let me give, you know, that kind of thing. And so for someone who is, like I said, so is you're so public, but dealing with beauty in that and dealing with trying to bounce between, you know, maybe you're in front of your Nigerian aunts and they're like, oh, that's not important. Or you're in front of this person and they're like, that's really important. I mean, so many different ways that people see beauty and people see how they see themselves. And so, you know, I wonder what that experience has been like. Yeah. That, I mean, that's actually a really interesting um, question. When I was young and I was around like my Nigerian side of the family, it was like, why are you wearing all that makeup? Like, mm-hmm. it was, was always like a clown. Like, they would clown me for being like the beauty girl. It right. was like, you supposed to be cooking. Like, why are you doing all Why you got all that on? You why keep cooking all on. Size book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It was always like, where are you going with all that? Like, you supposed to be right. cooking. One of the dishes is nothing. So, I mean, maybe it was that, but yeah. I never really felt like 
I needed. There, there's actually a lot of truth to what you said about like feeling like you have to pick a side. I definitely feel like I've, I've had to, um, not for my family, thank God. My family never, ever put any emphasis on you're this, you're that. I mean, right. when you're Nigerian, they're like, you're Nigerian, period. Thanks. But it was never like, and, and, and as it relates to the conversations about, because I hate this ever ongoing diaspora war that exists, my parents never, not once, there was never a single time I've ever heard anyone in my family, even from distant relatives, I've never heard them ever not once say anything derogatory or disrespectful towards Black Ameri Americans, period. Yeah. So like when I started like hearing all this stuff, like, oh, Africans from Africa versus Black Americans, it was like, what is that? Wait, y'all are fighting what like it was the most conf it was so literally foreign to me i did not ever hear that kind of stuff in my upbringing which sure. i'm extremely grateful for but um yeah but there definitely was some well it's not even about like picking a side sometimes it's like you don't ever feel like you're like black enough mm -hmm. to be like african-american you don't yeah. feel like you're nigerian enough because you weren't raised in nigeria i don't right. speak yoruba you know what I mean? Well, I'm learning Yoruba now, but right. which is a whole different struggle. <laughs> Girl, I made I made Okra soup yesterday for the like first time, like fully by myself. Like, all right, I don't. We're good. Like, I can do this, and that yeah. was a big moment for me because it's just like you said, like feeling like you're enough of either culture and realizing like you're all of those things. And I'm just trying to remind myself every day, girl, you're all those things. Duh. That's like even exactly. just to all that point of not knowing exactly what you want to do here, making a pivot here, changing your mind about, mm, this wasn't that funny. You're all of those things. You're funny, you're goofy, you're silly, you're fun, you're Nigerian, you're black, you're all of it. Right. Yeah. And there's beauty in embracing all of it. And it's okay. Sometimes I get comments from people and they're like, you know, it makes me so happy to see you celebrate. Um, and I know that they're usually from like black American women who live here. Mm -hmm. And they'll say things like, I wish I knew my culture, my background. I wish I had a culture. And I'm like, sis, African-American is a culture. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's nothing Absolutely. wrong with being able like, and there's beauty in that. And I know that because I'm both and I see the cultural differences. I mean, literally like my parents, my parents are divorced now, but they literally at some, sometimes they might as well have been interracial because the culture differences were so like, Wow, wow, my dad thinks completely different. Like it was like they thought completely differently about things in right. so many different ways, both in good ways and both in sometimes bad ways. Mm -hmm. And so you know, it makes me sad that like there are um, people here, you know, with the, with the African American background who feel like they don't belong to something. But like you do belong to something. You may not be able to like literally pinpoint your DNA, but you know, there's absolutely beauty in being born here and having African-American culture. And you shouldn't just feel like you, you know, can't honor that. You absolutely can. Like, yeah, it's their beauty in that, you know? Of course. of course. You talked a lot about, like, again, putting yourself out there. That's, what, again, it's just one of my favorite things about you because there's a lot of people that put themselves out there for likes for certain comments for trying to get attention and it's very obvious that like you've been in this game and you've been willing to switch it up and change it up every time that's like my favorite part about your humanity so when you're about to do something and put yourself out there is there a moment that stops yourself or gets nervous or scared or you're like mm, this is too much like when what do you what's your self-talk like when you say like mm, this might be too much or is anything ever too much not really when you're nigerian no <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I mean, yeah, there, yeah, you, you can't be doing love it too much. Right, right, right. Sometimes it's, right. it is possible, but for me, I just think, okay, if it's something that I feel is a little different and a little out of my norm, I ask myself, is it helpful? Mm. Is it hurtful? Or is it going to make people laugh? Is it helpful? Is it hurtful? Or is it going to make people laugh? If it doesn't check like at least two of those boxes, right? then it's like, ooh, ooh maybe I shouldn't upload this. You know what I mean? That's like, good, so yeah. Kind of, yeah, that's kind of the approach that I try to take when it comes that's to good. that. Especially if it's something that like I've never done before. Right. Then you got to be careful. That's good. I mean, at least, like I said, I think it's cool. Like you're always willing to still try something new, but I was wondering like, what are those things? Like when I, like when I try something new today, I said, okay, I didn't ask those three questions. Maybe I should, but, um, I was like, okay, what are the new things that you want to try that you've always told yourself, like you're not allowed to do, or this doesn't work for you when you've never actually tried it. So hmm. like, that's the big thing that I'm, I'm wondering. Oh, you're, you're saying that's something that you've been asking yourself. That's something I've asked myself. So I was asking you, like, is there something that you're like, just because you thought this about yourself, how did you decide? Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't even actually, I didn't try. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably a lot with just putting out my, my goofy personality because I always thought, well, if I do makeup and also I felt like I had something to prove because one for a long time it was like why are you doing youtube you know from like family members why aren't you in college i'm why so happy you just like did that anyway girl oh i'm so happy anyway <laughs> I, feel you. I mean I, we know but i love yeah. that yeah you know so there was a lot of pressure in that so i pretty much had a point to prove when it came to my content and that's why i didn't want to be too goofy and too silly because i don't want to be looked at by like family members and peers as like this weird girl who just like goofs off and doesn't really have a real job. You know what I mean? So that's for a long time why I wasn't really myself because I felt like, oh, well, like I want my content to be really professional. I want to be taken serious. I'm already not going to be taken serious because I'm putting on makeup. Now, if I put like my real personality on top of that, they're going to literally think I'm a clown. And so to me, it was like, I kind of have a point to prove. Like I can't really be myself, but then that was when I was like, well, what do I have to lose? Like, you're not really, you have nothing to lose. Just literally be yourself. There is a way that I can still teach people how to do things, still be professional while cracking a few jokes, while making exactly. the content. Making the person. Exactly. Right, right, right. What is the Jackie Ina mission statement? Like the personal, Ooh. why I do this, why I'm me, not even doing just work, but like for you to keep doing and being yourself. You know what? I feel like, okay, so when I first started my YouTube channel, um, my actual literal mission statement was going against everything women of color are told not to do with makeup. So it was like, oh, you said black girls don't look good in this? All right, I'm gonna show you how it looks good then. It was like, I'm I'm always trying to prove a point with my content. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of that still represents what I do now and what I do today. Um, I feel like my mission statement now is... I think that black girls just want to see someone else who looks like them doing it. Like, I feel like they need to see someone who looks like them Mm -hmm. doing it. And if they don't, then you either have no hope or very little, you know, because it's something to be said about how important representation is. Cause if you literally don't see anyone looking like you doing it, then like, Mm -hmm. what hope do I have? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and whatever that it is, it's inspiring people growing a platform, making good money, you know, um, starting businesses like 
people need to see that being done by people who look like them. And and not someone who got a handout, because I didn't get no freaking handouts. Nobody put me on. Like I did all that on my own. Oh. I'm just saying. I'm, that's why I asked you earlier. I'm like, so what made you stay? Like what kept you committed? Because it's real. Like for you to know that, okay, this is still gonna take hard work. Oh, the check was not right. Oh, the viewers weren't what I wanted. All of that stuff to continue to stay, like it's it's amazing. Commitment is so real. And that's what I see. Like 11 years of doing something, committing to it, changing when it's changing and pivoting, right. it's pivot, you know, all of that. It takes a lot. So. Well, because when, why, when your why is always the same, then mm -hmm. like, why wouldn't I be doing this? Because I didn't start my channel to make money. So if I'm not making any money, then that wouldn't be the incentive for me to leave in the first place because that was never my incentive. My incentive was I wanted to prove that black girls can look good with certain makeup and trends. I wanted to remove the stigma around even going to shop for makeup. It was like whenever you... Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba go to like a makeup counter like when I back when I was doing makeup professionally and you know like exploring and still learning like I remember there was a time where like you'd walk up to a makeup counter and they would look stressed because you can tell that they just haven't seen a black girl all day and they would be like behind like pulling out all the black test the, the dark skin testers they would be like like I, literally like you could just tell they just weren't used to servicing black clients so I got sick and tired of that experience I was like I'm just gonna like show people like what I do so that they don't have to feel that weird vibe when they, they they'll know what to do. Just do, learn how to do it yourself and I'll show you how to do it yourself. So that was always what my why was. My why was like kind of like serving the black community, serving the community of people who look, who look like me. Mm -hmm. And so when I wasn't making money, it didn't really matter because like I wasn't here for that anyway. So then when I got my first viral video, I was like, oh, even better. Like, right, I, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I actually get a reward now. This is great. So yeah, I mean, girl, and mind you, that was like, I was already five years in when I got my first, cause it was so amazing. Yeah. Five years, five years for me to get my first real, real viral moment, like real girl, success. Story. Remind wow. us. It takes time, people. I love that. Exactly. It definitely I know. takes time. And, and we kind of talked about this, the, the statement of being self-made and realizing like, what does that actually mean? So we oh, hear it, God. some people claim it. What do you think about that? First of all, my definition of self-made is very simple. You didn't have a leg up. You didn't have any hands out handouts. You didn't have any uh, outside influences. You didn't have connections, none of which I had access to whatsoever now you could be more literal and say like if i started this business with my own money sure that's technically considered self-made mm -hmm. but i remember reading an article and i'm not going to say what brand it is but there's a there's a popular beauty um it's actually a skincare brand and i was reading the article and the title was basically kind of like framing it as like oh stay-at-home mom starts her business self-made like it was just like i mean she got a lot of great press about this this brand and um, I remember like, oh, let me, let me read. I didn't know anything about her background. Let me read the story. So I'm like reading it. And it was like, yeah, like she started the business with $250,000. I'm like, man. 
huh? And they were like, from her, from her, from her brother-in-law, it was like, she got a small quarter of a million dollar loan from her brother-in-law. I'm like, uh what (laughs) nobody has access to money like that like okay think about what it takes to have a quarter million dollars laying around just to play with this didn't even have which is incredible like first of all her brand is amazing she just recently sold the brand so people are going to know what brand i'm talking about right just recently sold the brand for a billion dollars um or no no i don't think it was a billion it was like really really high up there um Anyway, I have like, an idea in my head. I'm like, what brand? Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not Kylie Cosmetics. I'll say no, that. No, 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 but no. Anyway, so she sells the brand, doing really amazing. But it's like you had a really great leg up, though. Like, <laughs> change, Just because at that point, like, this is not somebody who was an influencer. This is not someone who was an actress. So the risk was even greater. Right. So that means you're telling me that you. I mean, it's a quarter million dollars, and you had no idea if this was going to pop off. That means you are well above. That means you had money burned, basically. So, I mean, there's gray area, but like self-made means to me like no assistance, no help, your own money, like nothing, literally nothing. No rich parents. If you you're not self, I'm sorry, you're not self-made if your parents help you. Your parents funded your business. I'm sorry. I don't see that as self-made mm-hmm. and your parents should help you. There's nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. but I don't see that. It's, it's just not the same story. Like when I, when I hear self-made, I want to hear somebody who came from the hood, came from no money. Okay. They don't even have to live or the hood or the suburbs, either one. Okay. Yeah. They didn't have rich parents. They didn't have a rich uncle. They didn't have a, a, someone in the industry related to them or ta- nothing at all. Mm-hmm. That's self-made to me. So right, right. <laughs> <laughs> You, this part, she's like, I just want y'all to know that that's like the difference between what you just said and what I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, to yeah. me, like, they be saying, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, but they don't be telling people, but your boots was on sale, though. Okay. Girl, your boots I'm was on sale. Bye, Jackie. Um, your boots I, was on sale, though. I'm just saying, it's not the same thing. Okay. I feel that. I feel that. So before we wrap, as we're leading out of that like notion of working hard self-made like what it really takes how do we give our beautiful black girls some advice from you on what it takes to start and how to start there's a lot of people saying the the space is crowded there's no more room for me it's cool just like you said in the beginning of like oh i only watched this one person like we want so many women to exist in this space so is there anything that you that really helps you get through it and what you'd like to offer to other people? Yeah, so the first thing I always say is don't be afraid of rejection. You, nine mm-hmm. times out of 10, are probably gonna get rejected a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just the reality of being black in any space, in any industry. Mm-hmm. You cannot let it cause you to be jaded. You cannot take it personally. And you just have to use that to motivate you because you absolutely will probably experience it. Yeah. Experience it twice. And Ooh. okay, it happens. And I feel like the next thing I would say, especially for an uh, overcrowded, oversaturated industry is like, maybe it's the Leo in me, but like, I don't think competition exists. Everybody exists in this space that we're in because they're not me. Okay. That's the way I see it. You're you. That's what's up. But I'm me though. So there's that. You know what I mean? Like, and that's just how I see it for everybody. Right. They're you. They're going to you because they want your personality. Right. Yeah, sure. Nothing is new under the sun. I'm not the greatest makeup artist, but like people come to me because they like 
me. They go to Nima Tang because they like Nima. They go to Alyssa Ashley because they like Alyssa. And that's the the brilliant and beautiful thing about social media is all of us bring completely different perspectives to the industry and um and and in beauty and you should admire that like i've been telling my friend one of my friends um just joined tiktok she has a big instagram following but i was telling her please get on tiktok like the stuff that you do would be perfect and i was literally sending her examples and she was like but i was like okay the next thing you should do you should do like voiceover videos and mm-hmm. she was like but my voice is funny and i was like she's she's also black by the way and I was like, but that's why you should do it. Because I think it's not that your voice is funny and a like, ha, 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 I'm making fun of her way. But it's like, right. but nobody else is doing, nobody else talks like you. That's why you need to be doing it. Like, it's actually really cute. Right. And like, I would live for that. Like, I love hearing her talk about things. I love hearing her describe things. So in her head, she's thinking that's the one thing that will hurt me. I'm like, no, sis, that's the one thing that will propel you and separate you. Duh, why wouldn't you want why to put yourself in there? Like, that's you different that's what makes you unique honestly when it comes to social media people just want to see someone unique they don't care about like the content well they do care like it obviously has to be high quality but it's the fact that you're doing it your way and that's what people like and you know I'm, I'm always going to say that and especially for me because the one thing that I used to hear growing up all the time was it's competitive um I, I initially I wanted to get into fashion long before the beauty thing started. So I was going to like go to fit them and study fashion design mm-hmm. and I would always have some family members, but it's competitive, but it's competitive, but it's competitive. So again, I always have a point to prove. So I always try to prove it's competitive, but not for me. But so, so what? Yes, 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 yes. I, love that. I don't even know what that means. So yeah, that's pretty much my takeaway. I love it. I love it. And the mic's dropping, but you know, it's, it's somewhere else. Cause we're on computers. So anyway, <laughs> I just like I, <laughs> where, if we were on stage, the mic would drop is what I'm saying. Um, I just, I'm serious. Like I, I so appreciate that you constantly put yourself out there. It encourages me as your friend. It encourages so many young girls. Like I even told my cousin, I was like, Hey, I'm going to uh, talk to Jackie. I know you're a huge fan of her. She's like, oh my gosh, she's always like being so confident. She's and I just made me it made my heart so happy, girl. I was like, thank you for being an example to so many people and being able to show them like no comment. That's that's the most perfect takeaway that no competition exists. That it's really about you being willing to put yourself out there and that every human experience is necessary and important and valuable. And so that's something I was like, Jackie knows to speak to that because that's something you live out loud. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm proud yeah. of you, my dear. Thank you. I'm proud of you too. Thank, Thank you so you. much for having me. This was really fun. It was just good just to catch up and chat. With I know. You. I'm like, girl, girl, I'm over here like, okay, so tell me about, so, yeah, but we'll, I'm going to call you later. <laughs> I'm like, I'm <laughs> trying, like, wait, wait, ask her. <laughs> but you guys are awesome. Thanks for listening to the Human to Human podcast and this episode featuring a conversation with Jackie. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review. And while you're at it, share this with someone you love or someone who's in their 20s who definitely needs to hear it. (laughs) As long as you share. Your feedback is definitely appreciated and your thoughts are valued. Stay connected between episodes at stacyock.com slash human human where I'll be answering this episode's reflection question. And you can also connect with me at Twitter and Instagram at one take space. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and remember, guys, we're not all the things that we do. We are who we choose to be. So let's be curious. Let's be in community, be love, be support, and be real together.
Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.